Today on the show, one of the best things about this city is the Boise River, and everybody's got a story about floating it. That time you lost your brand new iPhone, or when your friend popped the pool floaty and you had to make a quick exit to shore, or when you watched your flip-flops go sailing downstream without you. Even though tubing the river is pretty straightforward, it's not without its complications. That's why we're talking with Robbie Sosin from Ada County Parks and Waterways about all our best tips for floating the Boise River. It's Thursday, July 21st, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. Okay, Robbie, well, thanks so much for coming on CityCast Boise to talk about a topic that everybody has a story about, it seems, the Boise River. Of course, it's really hot right now, and everybody wants to be on the river. So thanks so much for being here and and talking about it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And working at Barber Park, it's nice just to walk out and look at the river and dip my feet in, things like that. And so um, it's pretty fun. That's great. Well, In general, it seems as though we've been hearing a lot about some maybe some mishaps that have happened on the river this year in particular, even on the very first day that the river was open for floating, right? And, you know, stories about some rescues, maybe some dangerous situations there too. What's going on? Like what's what's happening this year? Yeah, so our only real problem day was our very first day. Okay. Most of the time, it's pretty smooth sailing. And I think that just the growth of people coming on the river for the first time, kind of expecting like a lazy river at Roaring Springs kind of thing. And they might have just gotten to a bad situation and didn't know what to do. And, you know, people might expect like it must be like a float like that. And it's just like, it obviously doesn't compare. You know, it's 10 times as wide and 10 times as fast and, you know, maybe 10 times deep too. So... And it's natural. It's, yep. I mean, natural in that you're in, you're in nature. You're yep. not, yeah. Yep. There's, a, there, a, there's fish and birds and. Right. Rocks. Uh, ev- yep. Everything. Yep. 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 Um, I mean, the thing about the Boise River though, it's not, it's not literally a wild river. It is controlled. There's three dams that help to control the flows. So why was it still high? Why was it still so high when, when the floating season opened? Yeah. So about two weeks before we had those really big rainstorms right at the end of May, kind of middle of June there, parks and waterways were told by the uh, Army Corps engineers that Lucky Peak was going to stay about 80 percent full. Anderson Ranch, all those dams are going to be pretty, pretty low. And then the next week they were completely full. It went from about 500 cubic feet per second and then it ramped up all the way up to 1800 Wow. Um, in a weekend, basically. So now it's kind of sitting around 1,300 cubic feet per second, which uh, is still pretty fast, but it's very, very manageable. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of the nice spot where it's flowing still and people are having a great time r- r- rolling down the river, but it's not so high that there's just more incidents or more, more opportunities for inc- or things to go wrong. Yep. All right. What, what's your first tip? Let's get into it. What's the first thing you would tell people to do uh, before they actually get on the river? Yeah. So probably my first tip is get a a nice raft or tube. Not a floaty. Yeah. Not, not one of those pool floaties. <laughs> not a pool floaty. Yeah. I I mean those look fun and you know they make for great pictures, but 
you know, generally you're going to be fine. You're going to go down the river and you're not going to really run into any problems. But on the off chance that you're not paying attention or, you know, you hit a rock or something or a tree branch sticking out and it pops, you know, um, you're right. like a fish out of water. Yeah. No, no pun intended there. What, but. What, yeah. What's interesting to me about that, I'm from uh, Missoula, Montana, and we uh, used to float the river, rivers, we had three rivers um, to float every summer. And I never saw people on like pool floaties. It was when I moved to Boise about, yeah, 10 years ago that I looked out and I was like, oh, people are on the river in these floaties. It must be a really mild river. And then I actually got out there, not on a pool floaty. And I was like, how are they doing this? <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's really a mix of locals and, and impl implants doing it too. And it, it's all about having fun. And for me, thinking about floating the river, it's, it's worth the investment because, you know, say you pay 80 bucks for a nicer raft, it'll last however long you can actually keep good care of it. And right. after one trip, it pays for itself. You know, if you need to buy a new new pool floaty every year to float the river, it's it doesn't really match up. Um, Even when the pool floaty is like a unicorn and yeah, it's super it, fun, yeah, yeah, or like a big flamingo or something like that. Right. It, where where um, should people where should people get something that's reasonable in cost that they can use more than just once? Yeah. So as far as local places, I know there's a place called Idaho River Sports. Mm -hmm. I know they they sell some rafts there secondhand sporting goods stores like Played Again or uh, McHugh, McHugh Sports might have something like that. Um, Cascade River Gear has some more higher end stuff. So that's kind of stuff you could, you know, if you wanted to go on the Boise River, you could, or if you wanted to go um, kind of on the Salmon River or something like that with more whitewater rapids, they'll be suitable for those as well. Um, and even, you know, bigger chains like Walmarts or any of those big sporting goods stores will have rafts that are, you know, a lot nicer as well. Okay. All right. So that's, that's the first tip is get the right gear for what you're actually going to be going, yeah. going down the river on. What's another one? What's your next tip? Um, another one is river shoes or water mm. shoes, something like that, mm -hmm. or just some sort of feet protection. Personally, I wear my Chacos. They're not too cumbersome. Have pretty good traction too, yep. right? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, just a lot nicer that way. Or you could just use an old pair of sneakers or go to Walmart and buy, I know they have like really cheap pairs of water shoes and anything like that. Um, just in case you fall out of your raft and you don't cut yourself on any of the rocks in the river or sticks or anything like that. So no, no flip-flops, those will yeah. fly off yeah, uh, and, and then, don't go barefoot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that's one of the ones where you maybe wouldn't think about, but is just as important as a nice raft. Okay. And uh, so we're talking about foot protection, but what about things that people should be wearing on their body? Like sunscreen is key, but also maybe it's smart to not just be just in a swimsuit, especially if you might be someone who's, you know, susceptible to getting uh, burned or just like heat stroke in general, right? I mean, that's yeah. a concern. You don't think about heat stroke when you're on the water. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, w I always wear a t-shirt. I know there's like a like Under Armour type material, like a long sleeve, if you're really, you know, susceptible, it's just a good investment. And then also, you know, life jackets can't promote those enough. Now, are they, are they required? What is, what's the actual requirement around, around life jackets? If you're under, if you're 14 or under, you're required uh, to wear a life jacket. And that goes for like paddle boards, rafts, tubes, anything. And then we recommend that there's one 
at least for one for everybody else in the craft, at least in the boat. Um, in case somebody goes over, you can throw that out to them and they have like a little life preserver there too. Okay. That makes sense. I want to bring our audio producer, Jennifer Jarrett, into the conversation. Jennifer, you're with us to uh, share some stories and tips that we actually got from people when we put a call out on social media. We got some really good feedback because, I, yeah, seems like everybody's got some kind of story about being on the river. What did we hear, Jennifer? Yeah. Before I share uh, some of the things that came in over social, I wanted to share my, one of my own sort of stories about this. Oh, please. If that's okay. Yeah. Um, I want to just sort of underscore the PFD you know, the personal flotation device, the life jacket that Robbie was talking about. Um, I have floated the Boise River so many times and I've had so many unexpected swims. I paddleboard. And so sometimes mm. it just becomes a little bit easier to, you know, catch an eddy line or hit some kind of, you know, splashy feature the wrong way and poof, I'm in the water. And it really, I mean, they're really awesome. It just takes a level of anxiety completely out of the picture for me. Um, and what's nice about them is when it's really hot and your PFD gets wet, it sort of acts like a little air conditioner. And so you just stay a lot cooler, which is really kind of nice too. And they've got pockets. You can stick your lip balm in there. So yeah, I'm a huge advocate of the PFDs. But um, what else have we heard from folks on Twitter? Stories, tips to share. We got a great one from Margaret who wrote, if you're holding the bag with all of your keys, wallets, valuables, keep hold of it tight at all times. You never know when you could fall in. I say this as someone who fell in, lost my hat and sunglasses, but held oh. on to the keys bag for dear life and didn't ruin my life. So, Robbie, what additional advice do you have for River Schnadel for all that kind of like riffraff that you bring with you? Like, how do people keep on top of all of their valuables? Yeah, so definitely dry bags are a must almost at this point. Um, we get calls and Facebook messages every day of people, you know, Hey, I fell in the river. I lost all my stuff. Do you have it? Oh, um, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> I had several phones. I think today I've had three messages saying, hey, I lost my brand new iPhone in the river. Did oh, anybody turn it in? Oh, that's the um, worst. Yes. Yeah. And then it's kind of funny. We have some speakers, like some wireless speakers. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, I'm just checking in the lost and found bins and you can hear the water splashing around inside them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, keeping those dry bags tethered to your raft or tube somehow, get a nice carabiner, throw it on one of the hooks on the inside. Or I know the raft I used to use had a strand around the outside so you can hook things onto there. Okay. Um, you know, making sure that you're, you're doing all you can to keep your stuff safe is pretty important. And I think part of that goes into just paying attention to where you're going. So you don't have to be in those situations where you worry about, oh, is my stuff going to fall in the river right now? Or am I going to turn over or pop my tube or something like that. And while it's not always avoidable, it's at least you do your best and you can say, well, at least I had fun on the river if I, if I lost a, a hat or sunglasses or something like that. So. Right. Hopefully it's not thousands of dollars of electronic devices. Yep, ex exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I, my phone's taken a dunk in the river before and I was maybe 17 or something like that. So I didn't have a dry bag or anything. And I just had my phone in a Ziploc bag and, you know, I pick up my bag with my phone and the bag is full of water with my phone in it. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, something better than a, a, a cheap plastic bag is going to do you well. Okay. Ziploc, um, not good enough. That's yeah. fair yeah. enough. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. And those dry bags too, you can get clear ones so that you're not like digging through something that you can't you can't see where everything is. Oh, smart. But another nice thing about the uh, dry bags is that if if you do lose it, oftentimes it floats. And so much easier to find your stuff. And you can get those at any of those stores we talked about, any of those outdoor stores to buy a dry bag. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Or online uh, if you just Google yeah. dry bag. But yeah, Idaho River Sports, that's another great place to to get stuff like that. Really good tip. Um, Jennifer, did we hear from anybody else with a story or a tip that they've uh, learned maybe the hard way? Yes, I know. These are all the hard ways, right? Um, So April wrote in on Facebook, I would highly suggest a paddle to avoid getting swept into hanging trees. Oh, yeah, because there are there are plenty of trees that are hanging just fully over the river. I mean, that's part of the experience of being on a natural waterway. Yeah, I could imagine that being (laughs) a smart thing to have because a lot of people are out there not necessarily with paddles, right? Do you think that that's something good to consider, Robbie? Because otherwise, yeah, you're just trying to move your arms to get away from something quickly. Yeah, I mean, a paddle is going to be the best way to kind of steer, steer yourself and in, in a pinch, you can take your water shoes and kind of put them on your hands and use those. But um, yeah, I'd recommend just a good paddle. And I know the Boise River Rafting Tube, they have a couple for rent. Or, you know, go to Idaho River Sports, any of those places we mentioned, and they'll be able to get you a decent paddle that will keep you at lower chance for getting in a sticky situation. And, you know, as much as we, our group, our partners try to keep the river safe for floaters, it is, like you said, it's still a natural river. We still have to try to maintain as much natural habitat as possible. Right. Um, and it's so. It's not just for humans who want to float the river. Yeah. Right. I'm glad you brought up the the little critters uh, really fast. Just, you know, for people who are out on the river, keep their eyes open, right? Because you might see see some cool things on the riverbanks. What are some of the kind of, you know, critters that we see out there? Yeah, so it's either just right within the, the boundary of Barber Park or just past it. There's a, a huge great blue heron rookery there. Oh, yes. Idaho fishing game, they stock rainbow trout. So, you know, we have a lot of fly fishermen out here in the morning time. And, you know, it's not unlikely to see some deer yeah. or or elk kind of prancing around. And I've seen mink. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. the mink. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're so yep. cute. And I think the Boyce River is very unique to where, you know, if you go to a big city like Chicago or Detroit or New York or any of those places that have rivers running through, it's not like this. You know, you're not going to want to float down those rivers and you're not going to be able to see all this natural habitat just, you know, right smack in the middle of a, a city, a capital city, no less. And so I think that's one of those things that makes the Boise River float so unique. Yeah. It really is special. Absolutely, yeah. And we've had to fight to keep it this way. So yeah, let's let's keep maintaining it um, mm-hmm. in that way. And yeah, keep our eyes open for all those special natural elements, including the, the fish and the the birds and the yeah the creatures you might see on the, the riverbanks. Okay, we've got time for maybe a couple more. What other tips? Is there anything else that's kind of lingering out there, Robbie? That you feel like if you were to tell somebody new what to do and what not to do, what would you say? I would say if you if you want to come float on kind of like a maybe less busy time of the week, those weekdays kind of in the middle of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, early afternoon, those are going to be kind of your your most serene, less busy times. And those are the days, you know, you're for sure going to get a parking spot in Barber Park. Right. You're not going to have to worry about rentals. 
you're not going to have to fight to get on the river or anything like that. And I would just say, you know, avoid the weekends, avoid holidays. Yeah. What about evenings? Because like if someone gets off work and it's still light out until, you know, 930 or whatever, and it only takes a couple hours to float or three three hours about, is that right? Yeah, um, that's that's kind yeah. of on the slower flows. I'd say about yeah. two, two hours. Two? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if it's running about two, I mean, feasibly, uh, you could get off work and go hop on the river. Yeah, absolutely. And so... If you're going to do that, I would recommend getting your own raft. Um, sure. So the rental services here stop at 6 p.m. Okay. So Monday through Thursday, the shuttle runs till 8 p.m. So that's when it will leave Ann Morrison Park and come back to Barber Park. Okay. Um, and then Fridays, it runs from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, and then Saturdays, Sundays, and holidays, it runs 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. So, you know, maybe time your float for that. Get here at 6 o'clock on a on a Tuesday night, float down, you're going to hopefully catch that last shuttle out right. back up to Barber Park if that's how you're going to do it. Or alternatively, you park down at Ann Morrison, you take the shuttle up and then, you know, you already have a car down there. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah, that's a smart that's a smart move for sure. Jennifer, anything else you want to add about your your experiences on the river or things we missed? I'm one of the people who does the trips like, you know, after work or really early in the morning. And you know, I mean, we kind of touched on it, but it really can be somewhat of a transcendent experience out there. And I, I remember when I first moved here and the first time I floated that river and I mean, the light was gorgeous. There were animals and birds everywhere. And so, yeah, on the one hand, the big kind of crazy party where it's just this flotilla of tubes going down the river, like that can be super fun. But but the river just has a completely different personality depending on when you go. And so not to be cheesy, but like there's something for everyone. Yeah. Like, it really is a special thing. And you can have any kind of experience out there that you want. That's a really good point. Yeah. And for different maybe phases of your life, right? There you go. I, when I first moved here, I was more in the party vibes. Uh, and now not so much. Now I, yep, I'm more into the the late evening and early morning kind of moments and special slower times. So this is great. Thank you so much, Robbie, for coming on and sharing your tips and telling us uh, what to keep in mind when we head out onto the river, uh, especially in these hot summer days. It's really good to know. And yeah, maybe we'll see you out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm at Barber Park every, every day during the week. So if you're here, I might see you. And if you want more ideas on how to survive this scorching phase of summer, check out our How to Beat the Boise Heat episode. From patio misters to secret swimming spots, we've got you covered. And speaking of secret swimming spots, we also got this tip on our voicemail from a CityCast listener. By the way, we love getting your voicemails, so keep them coming. This is Mark Pemble. Wanted to chime in on secret swim spots in the Boise area. My all-time favorite spot is the place where the Boise River and the Union Pacific Rail Line intersect. Right there, there's a pristine sandy beach with a beautiful clear water. It's pretty still. And uh, when, when you get down to, to Caldwell, the Boise River is a little bit warmer, so it's the right temperature. Anyway, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. See you soon. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Evelyn Avitia and Jennifer Jarrett. Our newsletter writer is Blake Hunter, and I'm Frankie Barnhill, host and lead producer of the show. 
Our music is by Up Is The Down Is The. And just like a good float down the river, it's better when you invite your friends along. So please let your pals know about this podcast. We'll be back Tuesday with more from around the city. Keep cool, Boise. Boise.